Chapter Seventeen of Carpenter's Geographical Reader, Africa by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Nubia. From Cairo, we travel by steamer far up the Nile, stopping at the chief towns along the banks. We visit Asiut, the capital of Upper Egypt, a thriving city of fifty thousand people, and thence steam on to Aswan where the great dam is we explore the ruins of mighty temples built by the egyptians of the past and then sail on for days until we at last reach khartoum the chief city of nubia at the junction of the waters of the white nile and blue nile the valley narrows as we go southward we are often close to the desert and sometimes between rocky hills and strips of green marking the banks of the nile everywhere half-naked men and boys are raising the water and pouring it into ditches through which it is conducted over the land everywhere are the same mud villages shaded by date palms which we saw in lower egypt and everywhere donkeys and camels and about the same people we traveled amongst in the delta still farther southward the natives are poorer and the villages meaner there are more negroes in the crowd which comes out to the steamer and the people are wild and savage we pass dark-faced nubians on camels who have ridden in from the desert and now and then meet some redolent of the castor oil or tallow which they have used to grease their bodies and hair we are now in nubia or the egyptian sudan the long strip of arid plains largely desert through which the nile has cut its way down to egypt the country is tributary to egypt and is therefore controlled by the british many of whom we find at khartoum this is important for it is through nubia that a part of the cape to cairo railroad planned to run north and south through the whole continent of africa is to be built we have seen cars puffing along the banks of the nile as we came up to khartoum the railroad already extends from alexandria to where we now are and railroads have been built from the cape of good hope northward for many hundreds of miles by and by lines will be constructed connecting these roads with khartoum branches will be built to the east and west and one will then be able to visit most parts of this wild continent by rail at present the only way of getting about through nubia is on the rivers or by caravan much of the country is thinly settled the nubians live in villages of tents or thatched huts moving about with their herds of cattle camels donkeys sheep and goats from pasture to pasture where the water is plenty they raise tobacco millet and other grains but in general they are herdsmen relying upon their cattle for support the nubians are of several races each of which has its own language they have many tribes ruled by sheiks or chiefs they are mohammedans and make pilgrimages to mecca the birthplace of their prophet mohammed we are surprised at the nubians we knew they were black and thought they might be like negroes they are far different although their skins are jet black or dark brown they have features like ours with noses as straight and lips almost as thin as our own they are tall straight and wiry they are said to be strong and are so proud of their power of bearing pain that the young men sometimes engage in flogging matches to see who can endure most such matches are held in the presence of the young women of the village who play a quaint music while the contest goes on the young men step into the ring two at a time 
each clad in a single cloth about the loins and armed with a long whip of hippopotamus hide as the music strikes up the two men begin to flog each other the whips make the blood come and they continue the struggle until one falls exhausted the man who can stand up the longest against all his fellows is considered the best he is entitled to marry the belle of the village he is the favorite of the women for some time thereafter and bears the proud title of the brother of the girls it is so warm in nubia that one needs but little clothing small children go about naked and many of the older people wear only a strip of cotton cloth about the waist which falls to the knees the most peculiar thing about the nubian is his hair it is so dressed that it stands out in a great mass or brush on the top with a fringe of braids hanging down about the neck covering his ears hairdressing is the most important part of his toilet the hair must be stiff to hold its shape and the stiffening usually consists of tallow taken from a freshly killed sheep the best fat is that which has been well chewed by human teeth and at each dressing the family and friends are called in to chew tallow when the fat is properly mixed it is rubbed in and the hair combed after the latest style in the desert parts of the sudan the bathing is quite as curious as the hairdressing water is scarce and tallow takes its place the person to be bathed stretches himself at full length upon a mat and is then rubbed from head to foot with mutton fat scented with musk or other perfumery after this the body is well kneaded the arms legs and every part of it being rubbed and squeezed this process gives one so the nubians claim a more delightful sensation than a hot water bath let us visit a village and see something of the nubians at home the huts are inside a fence put up as a protection from robbers each hut is circular in shape it is low and has a conical roof there are neither windows nor chimneys and the light comes in through the doors the floor is the ground and the only ceiling is the covering of thatch which forms the roof there is little furniture there are no chairs nor tables the people sit on the floor and more often outside the huts a rude bedstead with a mattress of oxhide strips stands in a corner and some goatskin bags a granite slab a clay griddle several earthenware pots and some beautiful baskets are piled up at one side the granite slab is the mill of the family upon it the millet and other grains are laid and pounded or crushed to a flour the pots griddle and baskets are the cooking utensils the pots are for soups and stews on the griddle is fried the sour bread which forms one of the chief foods and the baskets are the water buckets of the family but how can one carry water in a basket he cannot carry in baskets like ours but these are different they are made of straw so tightly woven that they will hold water they are used as milking pails too and sometimes milk is boiled in them but will not a straw basket burn if one holds it over the fire yes but the nubians do not boil milk in that way they set the baskets down on the ground and drop hot stones into them putting in more and more until the milk boils they cook meat on red-hot stones turning it from side to side until it is thoroughly done the people are hospitable they give us what they have and often refuse to take pay although they accept our presence on leaving we find it especially difficult to pay them for milk for the nubians think that if one takes money for it his cows will go dry 
these people are fond of their cattle each animal has its own name and every herd has a cow known as the lucky one whose milk is considered better than that of the others the cattle are small with humps on their shoulders like those in india they are trained to life in the desert and can go as long as two days without drinking we see many men with lances and shields the nubians are brave warriors and skilful in hunting and trapping the big game found in the wilder parts of the country they catch rhinoceroses hippopotamuses wild boars and pits so made that if the beasts fall in they cannot get out a sharpened post is often fixed in the ground in the centre of a pit the animal falls upon this and is killed such pits are covered with a thin net upon which branches and leaves are spread they sometimes kill an elephant by slipping up and chopping an artery of one of his hind legs with a sword as his blood flows away the beast grows weaker and weaker and finally drops dead the hunter must be careful lest the animal give him a blow with his trunk and he has to be spry or he may be crushed to death with the tusks or huge feet among the most interesting of nubian sports is ostrich hunting ostriches are found in large numbers in the desert and are chased by parties of three or four men on horseback the men look first for the nests and when they find one with an ostrich sitting upon it they station themselves near it on their horses at some distance apart then one rides toward the nest as soon as the ostrich sees him it jumps up and runs away with all its might for a short distance it can go much faster than a horse it usually travels for a couple of miles in a straight line and then circles around so as not to get far from its nest now one of the men gallops after the ostrich until his horse is tired out he then gives a signal and another of the party on a fresh horse starts in and so they go on until the great bird drops exhausted to the ground now the hunter jumps down and chops off its head with his sword he seizes the long neck and thrusts it deep into the sand that the blood may not soil the precious feathers End of chapter seventeen